Well, hello everybody, and welcome back to the Flash podcast. This is your this is your podcast for the upcoming CW show, The Flash. Grand, Grand Gustin as Dr. Barry Allen slash The Flash, brought to you by the creators of Arrow, who's doing it as a spin-off show. I'm your host, Andrew Bright, as always, and this week I'm joined by a very special guest. He's currently now one of the new writers of The, the Flash, and uh, he's Mr. Robert Vendetti. Robert, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Thanks for having me on, Andy. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for coming on. And um, yeah, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, your two latest issues of The Flash, issue 30 and annual issue 3. So guys, if you haven't read them yet, although I don't, if you, ha- if you haven't, you know, what the heck. But if you haven't, you know, be aware of spoilers. So, um, because we're going to go, for, you know, talk a little bit about those. And uh, what I wanted to start with is, obviously, is the big return of Wally West and New 52. And what I w- wanted to talk about it was uh, when you and Bond uh, first uh, got you know, got hired to take over for the Flash book, and uh, you had the idea of bringing Wally West back and so on, diff- in a different way. How did how did that whole process come together? Yeah, actually, it wasn't our idea to do that. You know, um, when DC asked me to pitch for the Flash, um, I was thinking more along the lines of just sort of picking up where the previous run was leaving off. I, I, you know, was focusing more on you know the continuity that had already been done and and those kinds of but. Um, once they mentioned the idea of potentially, you know, reintroducing Wally West and uh, telling us what they wanted to do with the character, which really they had a couple of of things that they wanted to see. One was that the character would be biracial and it would be uh, a young character. I was very excited about that uh, for several reasons, but uh, I would say most importantly, I, I could tell how, even with the pitch that we had already put together, uh, adding into it was going to put a whole new dynamic on it that would change the series in a very positive way and also uh, do something that I think is, is pretty unique, not just in terms of, of the Flash, you know, as we've seen this since the New 52, but in terms of the, the DC line in general, in the sense that now we have a, a book where, um, you know, we have our main character, Barry Allen, but now we're introducing this young character, and that's a type of dynamic that we don't see a lot of, uh, you know, this sort of adult the youth dynamic and so you know some of the most fun i've had writing the series so far are the scenes with barry and wally together and, and like i say it just it really improved this series and allowing us to drill down uh on barry's character and see him from a different perspective and and uh you know shine a light on what it means to him to be the flash and and all those kinds of things and speaking of the biracial choice first off i'm i congratulate you guys and dc comics for you know, bringing, you know, for celebrating the Flash legacy that's been around for 74 years by giving us something new, that's something that we haven't seen before in the, in the Flash and so on. And um, knowing that, because today we live in a society that both it's a both a curse and a blessing that, you know, people have opinion and some, you know, some people have obviously responded very well to this. They're very happy about it, but some people have also responded not so happy about it and knowing that you're going and writing the flash with the introduction of wally west as biracial and so on something that he hasn't been previously how does that affect you as an artist um you know i can't really think about those kinds of things i just have to focus on the story and developing the characters i do understand um the reaction in the sense that you know change is often hard uh uh, to get used to, you know, and so I understand that aspect of it, you know, the last time a lot of saw Wally, uh, he was 
was a grown man with two kids and, you know, had already had his journey from, you know, sidekick to earning the mantle, which is part of what makes Wally such a an iconic, uh, popular character. So I understand that this is a very different circumstance now. Um, but again, you know, those stories already exist and, and you can go read those stories. I think the challenge that Van and I have certainly to challenge that I'm excited about is, is how do we uh, tell that story a different way but set up in the same spot, if that makes any sense. So, mm-hmm. you know, we show you in Flash 31, uh, I'm sorry, in Flash 30, which is the first issue, you get this glimpse of Wally and, and uh, set five years into the future, and you can tell that uh, he and Barry have had a very close relationship on how Barry is reacting to the circumstances under which we see Wally for the first time. And now th- when we meet Wally uh, in the annual action to the to Barry, his attitude about the Flash is very antagonistic. And so to me, it's interesting to see how uh, we get from where we are now to where we're going to be five years from now. And And like I say, it's not just about Wally, it's also about Barry. And I can tell you as being a parent and having two kids myself, that youth affects the adult just as much as adult affects the youth. And so um, this is going to be a two-way street, and I think we're going to get a lot of both characters. And uh, speaking of their relationship, we've seen previously before in the pre two continuity that they had this they had this very mentor sidekick kind of relation but this time it's very different they're like you said antagonistic between Wally and Barry and knowing that you you, know, you get you get a like basically a clean slate to write you know these two characters together in a different way than we've seen before um can people can people expect to see that relationship develop into something deep like like the previous like the previous continuity um and so on I mean, that's certainly the goal. You know, uh, we're a long way from that. And those are very classic stories written by extremely talented creators. And so I'm not going to say, yeah, we're going to be able to, you know, duplicate that or whatever. And, and to an extent, we don't even want to duplicate it. But we do want to have that, that quality of character development and the quality of that richness of the relationship between them. We certainly want to develop that. And as far as Wally being introduced and being in this sort of antagonistic state towards Flash, you know, really, if he's think about the circumstances under which we're meeting Wally for the first time, which is post-forever evil and Central City had been one of the the primary focuses of that event and really taking, you know, the brunt of the damage in a lot of ways. Flash was out there to, to protect the city, and in the midst of all that, Wally has lost his mother. It's not even clear what happened to her. In an event like that, there'd be so many bodies on the ground, the police would just be trying to catch up to it. And figure out who's who, and, and so Wally now ha- doesn't have his mom. She's gone from Forever Evil. His father uh, already had left uh, when Wally was younger, and so now he's under Iris's care in sort of a foster situation. And this is a very, you know, tough time to be a 12-year-old kid, not just to live through Forever Evil, but as you know, someone in the city, but to have it affect his family the way it has. Um, he's got a lot of uh, a lot of anger about that, you know, and, and, you know, I would say in some ways he's actually similar to Barry in that regard, because as we saw in Flash number 30, Barry was blaming himself a lot for what befell Central City during forever. So Wally is just sort of uh, um, externalizing that in a different way. 
if I may just ask you, you know, a little bit, your connection to the Flash previously, how how much was Flash involved with your life at growing up as a comic book fan and so on? Yeah, I didn't grow up reading comics. You know, as I started reading comics in my late 20s. And so I didn't have a lot um, uh, I don't still have a lot of familiarity with a lot of, of comic book characters, you know. Uh, with the Flash, as with, you know, Superman or, or Batman or anything like that, my... My knowledge of them uh, was more based in sort of general pop culture knowledge. You know what people would would know. Um, you know just from you know entertainment things like that. So for me, it would be you know just League cartoons or in the '90s uh, the TV show uh, that had Barry Allen working in the crime lab. You know um, those kinds of things. Now, of course, when they asked me to pitch for the story, and before I started writing it, I went and read all those continuity just I did with Green Lantern or Exo Man of War the other books that I've that I've uh, worked on you know and I'm, I'm still working through a lot of that stuff uh, great story there's so much there and it's such such characters you know Wally and the Flash as the Flash Barry as the Flash you know both of them um, I find to be very rich and so it's great to be able to, to write both of them you know but um, I think the thing that probably appeals to me about the Flash as a concept is just this idea that, you know, from even a very young age, we all want to run fast. It's something that's sort of ingrained in, in not even in just humanity, but in the animal as well, you know. And you look at children play on the playground, and they're trying to outrun each other and things like that. And so, you know, the Flash is a character with a lightning bolt on his chest, and he runs fast. He lives out that sort of innate desire that we all have and, and never seems to lose sight of the weakness and the, and the joy of that and, and those are all things that really appealed to me and if i may ask you just briefly and uh, you know we, there's obviously we all as we all know there's an upcoming flash tv show coming up and i was wondering sure, if, yeah I, i'm wondering what are your your thoughts about that are you excited what are you looking forward to and so on oh yeah definitely very excited about it um you know, it'll be interesting to see how it develops and and i'm looking forward to watching it just like everybody else i don't think you know we're not looking to influence our run based on a TV show or, or anything like that, you know, people what they're doing and, and we'll be doing what we're doing in the comic books. But um, I do look forward to watching the show and seeing what they do with the characters. And I think we somehow need to get like either a cameo by you and Van or one, or maybe <laughs> perhaps like a street Vendetti Avenue slash um, Jensen street or something. And uh, <laughs> would you be up yeah, yeah. For, like, something like that? Seth, yeah, I'll, I'll do there. I'll get my and everything. Yeah, well, hey, get, let your buddy Jeff Johnson. I'm sure I'm sure he can let, he can get you in somehow. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll talk to him about that. Yeah, and um, what I wanted to talk about also is that there's obviously since Forever Evil, Barry is you know he's once again something that I've seen a lot throughout the throughout some of the comics that I've read with Flash is that he's a very easy tragic hero that he takes a lot of guilt on himself you know he takes a lot of responsibility for whatever happens easily is that some is that something that is going to be a part of Barry's story as we move forward with him trying to you know deal with everything that's happened in Central City and so on yeah very much so I mean we definitely got a sense of that in number 30 you know when he has this scene where he's in a police psychologist's office and he's uh you know talking about and he's having to clear clear the psychological exam so that he can be uh, cleared to work in the crime lab again. And so you get a sense of that. But also, 
you know, guilt and, and him discovering the limitations of his powers and what happens as a result of those limitations is going to be a huge part of this entire first arc that's going to take us all the way up through October. And um, something that I wanted to ask regarding Iris, because we it seems that she's probably going to get a bigger role now that Wally's been introduced. And um, can, what can you, how does she fit in with between Barry and Wally's um, dynamic? Uh, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's uh, two different questions, you know. For Barry, I think we're going to see their relationship uh, develop and change just like with everybody else, you know, in some ways. You know, when you look at somebody like Patty, uh, she's Barry's best friend, confidant. She knows that he's the Flash, and she's one of the very few people that he can truly confide in. Iris is a different sort, and uh, we're going to see a lot of, of her development, and that's something that Van really brings to the book. Uh, him having a background as a crime reporter, and of course Iris being a crime reporter, he's able to add an authenticity and a dimension to that character that I don't think the people will be able to do. And so we are going to see that. We're going to, you know, the introduction of Wally into the series... And Barry's enrol- involvement in uh, in Wally's life is going to necessarily lead to uh, Iris and Barry spending more time together as well. And so how, how that develops nationally, but also their professional relationship uh, is also going to be a big focus of what we're going to be doing. And um, something that I was also wondering, in, especially in, in particular with Annual Freem, which is that we see... Barry in 20 years from now, and not going too much into spoilers and so on for, for the listeners because there's so much going on, but um, the future stuff that we're going to see, we know what where he's he- you know, we know that he's heading back to the past, he's pulling a Marty McFly, mm-hmm. and how does, how much can we, like, is, is the future, was the future aspect of the storyline something that you guys were really, you know, motivated to bring in with the, when you guys got um, put on the on this project? Well, you know, when they asked me to pitch for it, I knew about uh, the Five Years Later initiative that was going to be coming up. And so I wanted to come up with a concept that would uh, bring that uh, Five Years Later into the storyline. So it would feel like a, like a, a part of the story as opposed to a break in, in the storyline that we were doing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was always intentional. But, um, I think a lot of it is just sort of uh, trying to determine, you know, what's made Barry into this person that he is 20 years from now like see him now uh very hopeful you know not wanting to take a life uh, uh doing everything he can to keep other people safe and things like that and now what would cause him to go to the uh the extremes at which he's almost acting like 20 years ago what he would have considered a villain you know so i think that's uh you know part of, of seeing the future time present timeline play off each other which is something to continue to happen happen throughout um, you know this first arc fantastic and i know as we're running out of time i, I also i just wanted to ask because uh, there, there's you know there might there may there might be people who listen to this podcast who is perhaps not reading the comic and if um as a wrap-up question like without giving it too much spoilers and kind of like maybe picture to the listeners who are not reading it although it's beyond me why they wouldn't why should they why should readers uh, start picking up your, your, this particular Flash um, chapter, what, what is it that you guys can tease them that is going to be excited, uh, exciting for them to check out regarding the Flash? Well, I think if you enjoy, uh, you know, character-focused stories that also, uh, you know, have action and, and that, that super heroic bent to them, um, I would hope that the Flash is something that, that you're going to enjoy as well. You know, I mean, Van and I are really embracing all of the... Uh, the fun and the excitement of the adventure that comes on with with a character 
you know, can, uh, like the flash cam, but also not leaving that, not not doing that at the expense of character, and grounding it in something that is that is very realistic uh, and very relatable in the modern day. You know, you know, Barry works in a crime lab, so there's that sort of CSI element to the series, very compelling, and has always been something that I've enjoyed. Uh, you know, film and TV and, and books and things like that. So. Um, I think it's a it's a comic book series that differentiates itself from a lot of other comic book series, and that it has that heavenly element to it. So you know, I think that uh, even if it's not, even if you're not somebody who reads superhero comics regularly, I think there's a um, this is a good book to sort of bridge that gap for you. And uh, as a, as a follow up question to that question, uh, because a lot of people had asked me in advance to ask you and Ron about this. Without telling us specifically who or whom we may see, can people expect to see some familiar faces that we haven't seen in New Fifty Two yet? Perhaps. Um, let's see. You mean beyond Wally? Like, are we introducing new characters that we haven't seen in a while? Yeah. Well, you know, there is that mention of a missing certain Mister Fawn in the future, whose brain <laughs> sure, was just yeah. Being, yeah, whose brain was just a dessert for. Mr. Gorilla Grodd. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, we are going to have a lot of uh, a lot of classic characters introducing a lot of new characters as well. So it's going to be a bit of a balance. There's going to be a, a large cast in this first arc uh, that I'm doing. So um, something new, something old, uh, all kinds of things in there. Fantastic. Well, Robert, thank you so much. Uh, and before you uh, before you go, let let the people know where they can find you on Twitter and you know other pages that you want to plug sure yeah uh, i'm just uh at robert vendetti and i uh, have a website as well at robertvendetti.com fantastic well rob once again thank you so much i hope um i hope to have you on um in, in the near future and um thank you so much well hello everyone welcome back to part two of this interview uh, the first part that you heard was with rob vendetti and now we're gonna have a little chat with the other writer of this new creative team for the flash mr Juan jensen Juan, how are you doing today I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for coming on. And um, first up, just to begin with, I, I don't know. I think I may have forgotten to tell uh, Rob this uh, clear, you know, you know, in a clear way at the beginning. But what a gr- great beginning for the Flash with this new chapter, with chap, with the issue thirty and uh, an annual issue three. Like it's um, it's a it's a f- phenomenal beginning in my wor- in my world. And I, I think you guys did a great job with uh, introducing so many new people to. Well, specifically, this new incarnation of Wally West. So, first off, congrats. Thank you. Yeah, it would, it, I mean, it's been a lot of fun so far, for sure. And um, and then as I was asking Rob, I, I wanted to get a little bit from your perspective of uh, how this uh, process started with you guys getting attached to your book and how you pitched it and so on. Yeah, so um, the DC editors initially approached Rob about taking over the book and... Um, and he he's pretty busy with projects. And at that point, I was trying to transition into writing comics full time. I um, I'm already writing Green Lantern Corps, um, but and I have independent projects. But I was looking for a little bit more work. So Rob, you know, let them know that he didn't have the time to do it all himself, but he really wanted to write it with me and. Um, DC was was happy with that, so you know we we sat down and put a pitch together, and um, 
you know, really the the core of that is this idea of of Flash from the future returning to the present on a, a mission to kill himself, and sort of the mystery of how Barry Allen changed so much, and um, you know why he's he's going to to do this. And, um, and you know, DC really really liked the pitch, and then we got working with uh, with Brett Booth and. Um, Norm Rapman and uh, Andrew Dollhouse and um, and it's it's just I don't know it's kind of gone quickly which I guess is fitting. When you guys were pitching at least you know at least with the Wally aspect and so on, um, because we there's been a lot of talks of the the, um, the race change and so on. Which FYI, I am 100% fine with. I think it's one of the best moves DC has done, and I think you know in a way to celebrate the the, the 74 long Flash legacy that we have by actually turning one of the most beloved characters in the Flash legacy into bi- in a multi- in a biracial and so on. So, you know, first off, I congratulate you guys and, and DC as a whole, uh, you know, Dan and I, Jeff Johns, whatever, uh, for, you know, for celebrating the legacy by doing like this. And um, so when you guys got into the process of uh, doing Wally West, changing him into an African-American, uh, what was that process like? What was it knowing that as artists that, okay, there's probably going to be people who are going to question this. There are going to be some people who love it. Some people are going to be not as in love with it. How, how does that affect you guys knowing um, what, what is going to happen, you know, what the reactions could, could be like when you go into this? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's impossible to, to write completely in a vacuum because, of course, um, you know, through, through Twitter or um you know, email or wherever. I mean, it's the world's very connected. So, like you writing comic books, especially, it's you know every time you have a new issue out, you're getting very direct feedback. Um, so we were aware of that, and we knew that it was something that was going to be very talked about. Um, I, at the same time, it's not anything that shaped the the approach that we had to the story. Um, you know, DC told us that. Um, they wanted to reintroduce Wally West and that they wanted him to be 12 years old and, and biracial, all of which Rob and I were, were really thrilled with also because, you know, it's just, it's a, a great commitment to reflect the society that we live in. And, um, you know, for, for us then it was really just all about creating a compelling character with a, a rich story and, and making sure that his relationship with Barry and um, their relationship with each other is a very rich one. Um, you know, it's a very different relationship from the, the previous DC universe. Um, but at the same time, I think that there's, you know, we were capturing some of the element of, of what made it such a, a, a strong um, aspect of the flash series in years past. And, and we just hope that, you know, people will give it a chance going forward. And, and really, I mean, I would say the vast majority of the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive, at least that, you know, has come my way. When you know that you're writing for, for people that, you know, there's a lot of people that likes to find something that they can, you know, they can connect to in the comics and so on, like they can relate to. And I know that I had a few friends and I think even, um, in a chat, in an interview that I had with Brett Boop, he he had uh, he received t- tweet from someone who had said thank you for representing me, 
And I, I and I had some friends too telling me that you know how excited I am for the Flash because now for the first time the superhero is just like me. He's he's black, and they you know they feel you know they feel like they can relate. And how how does that make you feel as an artist? And how knowing that you can take something as iconic as Wally West and make it now a bit more relatable to more people? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say that like for me as a writer approaching it, I my focus is not on. Um, you know, the, the outside appearance of anyone. Like I want people to relate to characters because they're well-written, compelling characters more than anything else. Um, I mean, for example, in writing Green Lantern Corps, the lead um, character in that is Jon Stewart, who of course, um, you know, is, is African-American. And, um, you know, I, I, just try to write a, a great character. It's with any character in any book. That's, that's the approach. And I mean, that said, um, one of the very cool things about making comic books is, you know, you, you sit in your office by yourself and you create this thing and it's just, you know, words on a page and then it goes off and it becomes art and then it gets printed and it gets distributed around the world. And all of a sudden you have all these people coming back to you who have a reaction to something that you wrote and, you know, I mean, luckily for me, most of the reactions that I've gotten to to my work have been positive. But it's just a very powerful thing to know that you create something and it it actually does impact people. Yeah, and I think that, and I think, and I have noticed that you know it's a it's a very common theme right now in DC Comics that they're start they're starting to become more diverse and so. And I think that's I think that's just great. So that's why I'm I've been enjoying the comic because my first introduction to the comic books. Was uh, you know on a, on a monthly basis was the University two. I had first picked up a few, you know a few Earth one books and so on. Now I'm reading you know this new stuff and I feel like there's more you know I like these changes and so on and I and I like that Wallet is one of them. So and I and I and I guess that that must be that that is fun for you as a writer too that to get to you know do that and you know while you know while there some of those people who are like oh i'm not done with it you know he's supposed to have red hair although i never understood how it is how red hair defines care or whatever but uh, but seeing that there's so many people being like this is so cool you know it's so cool having changes or whatever it's um i think that's a huge accomplishment um i, I don't know how you agree with it yeah i mean you know it's funny like Honestly, the biggest thing for me growing up reading comic books, the biggest connection to Wally West as a character was that he grew up in Nebraska, which is where I grew up. And so it was it was just really cool to, you know, I mean, there's like there's nobody from Nebraska. <laughs> so <laughs> I think he's probably the only comic book character with that background. Um, so so that was just a cool thing for me. So I, I definitely do. Um, understand that and appreciate that. And from what I've heard, Wallet isn't the only West member that you have something in common with. I, I believe that you have that you had done something similar to what Iris had done in, as a career. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, Iris West, um, Wally's aunt, is a uh, crime reporter in Central City for the newspaper there. And that was actually the uh, the job that I had out of college. I guess even you know during college, I, I studied journalism and uh, worked for the newspaper through college. And then I um, worked as a, a crime reporter, which 
you know, it was a lot of like going to the scenes of homicides or robberies or shootings or, you know, whatever. And, um, I mean, sometimes I would, you know, kind of be like in the, <laughs> the wrong part of town at the wrong time of night. And it, it had some pretty, uh, some pretty harsh moments and some pretty scary moments, but, um, you know, it's, it's been interesting. That's, I guess it's like six or seven years ago now since I did that. And, um, so I, it, I mean, it's, you know, far enough in the past, I hadn't really thought about it a lot, but writing Iris, um, that background is, has been a lot of help in writing her character and, and writing these scenes. And it's, it's been kind of neat for me to be able to, you know, now with some distance, look back on that, that experience, which was, I, I guess I should say unique if, <laughs> if nothing else. So in a way, can fans of the, the book be, um, look forward to perhaps see some part of you in, in Iris uh, with, um, with her, with her arc moving forward as at least with, as with, in terms of her prof profession and so on? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, already I've, I've worked some stuff into, into the issues that very directly draws from my experience. But, you know, one of the things that is very true of crime reporting is you are most successful as a newspaper crime reporter when bad things are happening to other people. And an example is, you know, a huge, terrible crime it's an, you know, an awful thing. People get hurt or killed, but you get to write a great story and you get put on the front page. And like for a crime reporter to get recognition and to win awards, terrible things have to happen. And it's a really kind of troubling um, catch-22, I guess, because you know, it's, it, you don't you don't want bad things to happen, but you can almost like find yourself. Um, like happy that something bad happened because that it means, you know, you're going to have some professional success, which is a really sort of disturbing <laughs> way to think about it. And, um, you know, that, that all is going to play into, um, you know, what, what goes on with Iris and the, the issues to come. And speaking, and also just as a little fun question, can we expect to see this Wally being from Nebraska too, to get some bonjens in there too? I, I think that I would probably have my uh, Nebraska heritage revoked if I, I didn't make it so that Wally was from Nebraska. Okay, okay. Well, you hear it first here on the flashback is Wally West, in addition to, is from Nebraska too. I, I, I'll stick with what I said. <laughs> okay. Something that I want to talk about in terms of Wally and Bear's relationship. This is obviously a new take on it. There's a, they're more bickering now than they, you know to previous that we've seen. Is um, when you get the opportunity to kind of how do I, I don't know if redefine is the right word, but it kind of reshape the relationship from what it was previously. Um, is that fun knowing that you know you can now do more things, you can do different things from what we've seen before in the past? Yeah, I mean it's really. Um... You know, you try to define the characters and then create a new relationship based on, you know, who those characters are. And so the the characters certainly have some traits that are based in the, the previous universe. So, you know, it's not as if they're absolute blank slates, but um, at the same time, like, it should be very different. And so, I mean, it's kind of a mix of, you know, you want... 
you want a, obviously like these are two characters who are going to have a rich relationship, which is hinted at, um, you know, from the first issue of our run. But um, at the same time, there's going to be some twists and turns and, uh, you know, we're, we're going to take some, some expectations and, and subvert them a little bit along the way. And something that I want to ask regarding the annual, I think a lot of people kind of, I, I, I don't know, they kind of freaked out a little bit when they saw the name Eobor Fawn being mentioned. Um, obviously, I, you know, this was in the future when uh, Grodd was basically having his brain for dessert or something. But what can you tease about Fawn in this book? Because I, I suppose we may see him or you know, hear more of him, see of him more fast. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I would say it's probably a safe bet that we'll be seeing him. And I would guess that when we see him, we'll probably see more than just his brain. Okay. And hopefully inside the, um, inside the skull (laughs) this time. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not just a brain in a jar, maybe. Um, yeah, it's, um, there's definitely plans for him. There's plans for, for a lot of characters going forward and I can't, you know, sadly, I can't reveal exactly uh, the the where and the when of that, but um, you know, everyone should should keep their eyes peeled. Exactly. No, I just wanted to find. You know, I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, so did did he just put it in there for the sake of just you know easter-egging, or is it something that people should be like, hmm, this could be happening soon or something?" Yeah, you know, one of the things that I think helps Rob and I uh, work together so well is we're both really long-term thinkers. Um, So one of the things that we like the most about writing comics is sitting down and looking at, you know, where is this book going to be a year from now? Where is this going to be two years from now? And laying the groundwork to get there. So there's a lot of stuff that people have already picked up on in those first two issues. There's also a lot of little clues and Easter eggs that people haven't even spotted yet. So uh, you know, it's you always want so that people, once they read the the whole run, that they can go back and look at the earlier issues and and realize that there was all this other stuff there. And that's something that uh, I think also a lot of people ask on Twitter because you guys are now the new writers of the Flash. They obviously wanted to hear. They, they I think they've now heard. They heard what Rob said in the, in the first part of this interview, but they also wanted to know what you felt about the upcoming Flash TV show and uh, and it, what a good time we're doing because we with um for any listeners who li- for, to listen to this we did um our the Rob interview the day before the, the little teaser came out uh, from for the Arrow finale. So, Mon, how are you looking at this TV show? How are you looking at um well you know the the Flash TV show as a, as a whole. I mean, I think it's great. It's, um, you know, any, any added exposure to these great characters is, is a great thing. And, you know, you look at the track record of, of everyone involved in the TV show, and it, it certainly, um, you know, I'd say it's a pretty safe bet that it's going to be a quality show. Um, Arrow, obviously, is, has been a, a huge success. And, I mean, I'm... You know, I'm like everyone else. I'm just eager to uh, eager to see more of it. And and I and I, I don't know how you know. I, I obviously it's not going to be based too much on on what what you guys are doing right now because the comics and shows are always separate. But I think we already seen some of the recent news too. So with 
that the way that Barry was running in that little clip, and then obviously Iris has now been changed to African American, and that's kind of interesting. Was that something that you, you knew, you know, go before? I don't know. I know. I know you probably don't have much involvement with it, but you know, because you guys were changing Wally to black, did you have a hint at that Iris perhaps was going to be black too in the TV show, potentially leading up to Wally showing up there too? Um, yeah, I mean, most of the the kind of broad strokes details of the TV show uh, we knew and the the creative team there has done a, a great job of keeping us, you know, in the loop on, on things. And it's not, obviously it's not like the TV show is a direct adaptation of the comic or that the comic is an adaptation of the TV show, but we definitely look for opportunities to, to you know, create similarities so that say, you know, someone who hasn't been reading comic books who watches the TV show and says, hey, Flash is cool, then they go and pick up a comic book. And, you know, it's it's an easy transition from reading the show or from watching the show to reading the comic. And now what do, what do, what do I have to do to, to be able to get you guys, all of everyone who's done The Flash recently, Francis, Brian, you, Rob, Brett, and so on, to get, to get a little do, to, to get to do a cameo on The Flash TV show? What, what do we have to do to, get, to make that happen? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I guess, uh, you know, let the, uh, let the creators know you, you demand to see us on the show. That's the one thing that's going to, you know, bring in the big Nielsen ratings. <laughs> and if you did, if you got to do a cameo, what what what, we, what would you like to do in that one scene? <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's any. I don't know that there's any uh, characters in the Flash universe that are uh, tall and bald and wear glasses. So I don't know that there's any ready-made thing. You know, I um I would be content to be standing in the background eating a sandwich. <laughs> Well, as long as maybe you could maybe you could make a sandwich for Flash because he's going to have high metabolism. So that's that's a good point. I you know I make a mean sandwich. I'll say that for myself. <laughs> Sweet, but but going back to the you know to these two rates and issues, um, it seems that Barry is going to go through something that he, he's done a lot of before, which is you know something big happens, something very tragic, and he takes a lot of guilt for it is is this a kind of i don't, I don't want to say a redemption story for him but is this somehow kind of like you know a way for him to be able to find hope again you know um a lot of i think what draws me to writing superheroes is sort of testing the limits of their powers and abilities and and that's really at the key of uh, you know the center of this story is you know you have Flash who can move at incredible speed and can move so much faster than everyone else, and so he thinks that he should be able to be everywhere at once, and you know that that sort of attitude really can be draining because I mean even as great as he is, he can't do everything, and and so that's sort of the you know the divide that Flash is running up against is discovering what the limits are of his power and having to, to come to terms with that. And so, you know, one of the things that's, that's really interesting is, um, you know, Flash, our Flash in the present, he is, you know, he's on his own character arc, but then there's also Flash from the future. 
and he's on a character arc of his own. So you see the same character from different points in his life moving in different directions and each of them on a different trajectory. So it's, I don't know, I, I guess we kind of um, gave ourselves a, a complicated setup for this first run, but at the same time, it, it's a lot of fun to write. And as one of my last questions before we wrap it up, uh, re- regarding Future Barry, he's, um, he's feeling a little blue, if you know, if you catch my drift, then that was <laughs> that was the worst pun ever. Never mind. But, uh, I've heard worse. Trust me, I've heard worse. The, the, no, I it, I can't imagine that. That this was just too cheesy. But anyway, um, he's it, it, it's a more darker bear that we see, uh, feeling all blue and so on. And um, how much is you know we know that he's going back into the past and probably gonna pull a Mario McFly on, on himself, but. Um, how much of the future stuff will we actually get to see throughout the um, the book? It, are there going to be flashbacks to for, for 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 the future Barry that we might see in his mind? Um, so a lot of what we're going to see is future Flash moving back toward the present. So he's starting twenty years from now and moving back towards today. Um, so we're going to see him stopping along the way at these various hallmarks of his history. So rather than, you know, just a a traditional flashback, it's, it's kind of him, him revisiting his past, which is our future, which I realize is a very complicated sentence. And, um, for anyone who's not reading the current run right now first off what the heck and second of all what what can you tease to them like if you were talk, if you were talking to listeners right now who has not picked up these two you know who has never picked up the flash comics and why why should they tune it tune in now and read uh, this particular chapter of the flash yeah i mean it um you know it's a big exciting thrilling superhero story this is a guy who who runs pretty much at the speed of light and can do incredible things with his powers. And so, you know, you, you get the big superhero um, action and adventure aspect of it. But one of the things that's really cool about the flash specifically is because he, uh, he works in a, a police forensics lab and he's a scientist there. It also has this police procedural element to it. So I don't know, it has like the superhero adventure police procedural and kind of a sci-fi angle. And, um, I don't know. I mean, all I can say is I, I really enjoy writing it, so I, I hope that people like reading that. Can you, as a, as a you know, definitely last question, but as a little follow-up question to that, could, will we perhaps see some familiar faces and perhaps in, um, in a different take, perhaps like we did with Wally? Yeah, we're going to see a lot of familiar characters, um, some that have appeared in the new 52, some that haven't, some existing rogues, some new rogues, some kind of forgotten rogues. Um, There's one character which I can't even give any details about because I don't want to spoil anything, but there's one really cool character that we're going to bring up a little uh, farther down the line. And, um, you know, I, I, I think the goal is that readers who've been enjoying The Flash for 70 years can pick up these books and enjoy them and, and you know, see things that are familiar, but also people who've never read an issue can pick it up and, and we hope, get a kick out of it. Well, fantastic, or Flash-tastic, as I said on Twitter the other week, 
also <laughs> not I'm not good with puns. But thank you, Juan, so much. And please tell the, the the listeners where they can find you on Twitter and talk about your the Kickstarter. Uh, yeah. So on Twitter, it's just uh, Van underscore Jensen. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm self-publishing a book right now through Kickstarter, and it's it's called The Leg, and it's the adventures of a disembodied sentient leg uh, through Mexico, which is obviously a pretty pretty weird book, but um, it's a 180-page full-color graphic novel, and um, it's running through early June on Kickstarter, and uh, I think... As of today, we're already like we're creeping up towards seventy-five percent funding already after just a week. So it's oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's been successful so far. So guys, get them to one hundred percent so we can so we can get it done. Uh, I'm I will definitely put up a link for you uh, on the website so people can check it out and uh, support you because uh, um, you know I think you 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 and Rob you you guys are amazing writers and I think that. People should get to see more of it, you know, you know, in other medium, you know, whether it's a Flash or Green Lantern or it's, you know, your own original work. So, um, best of luck with that, and I hope to have you um maybe in the near future. Um, yeah, absolutely, anytime. Awesome. Well, guys, um, you know where you can find the podcast at theflashpodcast.com. That's uh, the official home of the po- of the of the podcast. Um, only. You know, this is recorded on Tuesday, May thirteenth, and we're only like one day away from that flash trailer. So, yeah, you can expect to pretty much see another episode this week. So, but until then, guys, I'm Andrew Byte, and I will see you next on the Flash Podcast.